So I'm moving this thing into hour number two. Good morning, good afternoon. What's up? I'm live. I'm in Southern California. I'm Jim Rome. It's great to be with you. Like I said, at the top of hour number one, we've got ourselves a blank canvas. I've already dropped a few topics on you. I had a conversation with the head basketball coach at Creighton, Greg McDermott, Matt Norlander of CBS Sports as a senior college basketball writer also will join us too. I mean, we're almost to March. The madness is beginning. So we're ramping up. We're cranking it up. We talked about the major controversy in big league ball right now. See-through pants. Yeah, I don't know how controversial like that is. Like you've got MLB, PA, the players, they're all up in arms. The commissioner is saying, hey, listen, we did extensive testing. In other words, we knew exactly what we were doing and what we were getting. We tested these pants more than any sport has ever tested any pants. So this is not a design flaw. This is not a manufacturer's defect. We knew what we were doing. So apparently they got what they wanted. Hey, it worked, Kamish. I'm talking about your sport. In fact, I opened by talking about your sport. So let's move on to another sport. But if you want to weigh in on that, go right ahead. That was an hour one topic. Let me start hour number two by talking about the association. Let me talk about what's arguably the most polarizing player on the court in the association this year. If I were to put that to you in the form of a question, who is the most polarizing? And polarizing is not even a good word. Polarizing would suggest that there are two sides to it. There's nothing really polarizing about this guy at all. So I take that back. I'm talking about Jordan Poole. The pool party. The pool party is a viral sensation. Virtually every single night. But for all the wrong reasons. You know. Wrong. Try to jump out, jump out the pool on that. Except the guy's not jumping out the pool pool on that. that. Uh, Let's insert all of our terrible pool jokes. Not only is he not jumping out the pool on that, he's belly flopping into the pool on that. Every single night, seemingly. Like, the more things change, the more they stay exactly the same, especially for this guy and this guy's team. Like that time off the All-Star break, it did nothing to energize these dudes. Let's run down this really quickly. So, Pools ass wizards got worked by the Denver Nuggets. And he was once again a meme for all the wrong reasons. Now, this is nothing new. However, this is in fact a masterpiece. Most of his memes are, but you have to see this masterpiece because this basketball Picasso has done it yet again. And that ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. And especially this ball, the ball in question. That ball don't lie, and this ball especially. Because with over 30 seconds left in the third quarter, all this dude had to do was inbound a basketball. Inbound a basketball to an open teammate. You know, like just throw it to any open player on his own team. Instead, he gifted it to Nugget star Jamal Murray, who did this. Jordan Poole turns the basketball over. That that does not begin to do it justice. You have to see it. You have to see it. 
even for this guy, you have to see it. The blunder was an easy layup for Denver that extended their lead to 18, but way more than that, another meme for the entire internet to lose their mind over. I mean, it really is amazing. It might be the most Jordan Poole play ever. You can even see his teammate, Corey Kispert, who wanted the rock hot as hell, clearly like, oh, are you kidding me, dude? Like, Poole just went Poole once again. And as I said, this is no one-off. It's not only is it not a one-off, it's like it's a lifestyle. It's an identity. It's a nightly occurrence in a season where he was going to have the last word. Remember, he was going to shut everybody up. Remember, you know, the dude who took that insane, massive amount of heat in Golden State after they gave him an insane, massive contract. Four years, 128 mil. Remember how disastrous that was. Remember how badly that was. Or how badly that went. Remember how he didn't live up to any of that. And started to tear the team up. Well, this was the season he had a shot at redemption. No, he wasn't going to a good team. No, he wasn't going to win games that mattered. But he was going to show that he could be that lead guy. He was going to show that, yeah, I am worth that money. Or one day I will be worth that money. I'm going to show what I can do without a teammate punching me in the face. I'm going to show what I can do without having to work behind the splash bros. Watch. And then he goes to the Wizards and it goes not only badly, but so much worse than anybody could have ever imagined. At the break, the guy who's already allergic to playing defense with probably the worst shot selection in the NBA, had a six-game stretch last week where he went 19 of 72 from the field and 8 of 41 from distance. It was so bad, so bad, that the guy was relegated to the bench Bench last night. Bench the pool. Bench the salt. Jordan Poole. He, and I, I don't get caught up in money, Because if somebody gives it to you, I always say this, if somebody gives it to you and the check doesn't rubberize, you're worth it because somebody scratched a check. So I don't get all caught up in that guy makes this, that guy makes that. You know, they make what they make because somebody thought they were worth it. However, I can say this, the $128 million dude can't even start on arguably the worst team in the NBA while along with Detroit. That's incredible. So interim head coach Brian Keefe made the move before the Nuggets beat down and tried to emphasize it was not in any way a knock on pool. Check out this. This is what he told reporters. Quote, it's really a positive. It's actually a credit to Jordan. Jordan's been one of our highest net ratings since I've taken over. And I just want to see more of that. He went on to say, quote, this gives him an opportunity now, being in that unit, to be the lead handler, lead decision maker, and kind of be our offensive engine. End of quote. Holy crap, coach. Dude, can you even hear yourself? He has a chance to be the leader of that unit? The scrub unit? The second unit? Didn't you bring that guy in to be the leader of the first unit? 
Hey, but props to you. I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone spin that bullcrap in any sport into a positive. I mean, dude, that was elite. Trying to convince us that your $128 million dude being incapable of cracking the worst starting lineup in the world is a good thing. A positive thing. That it makes you better. What? Was that the plan all along? Did you bring that guy in so you could bring him off the bench so he can be the leader of the second unit? Let me guess. Wait, what's next? You drew up that inbound play? That that's, that's a play you run? Do you save that play? Do you save it for those rare clutch situations or high leverage situations that you find your team in once or twice a year? Uh, again, I'm just going to ask very simply. How can a $30 million a year player not start for the Washington Wizards? Answer me that, and then I'll let it go. It's not just one play. Things like that always happen to this guy, which is my point. So it really doesn't matter what you do or where you put this guy because he's not putting it in the hole, period. Whether you start him or you bring him off the bench. He is now the worst shooter in the NBA of qualified players. He is the only player in the association shooting under 40%. But 100% at inbounding the ball to the opposition. Again, the same guy who insisted, I just need an opportunity. Give me that, and I will prove everybody wrong. I will prove all my haters wrong and my one supporter right. A Wizard fan, I'm going to keep it real. You know what? Keith needs now put this guy back into the starting lineup and up his minutes. Never take him off the floor because your season has been over for months. It ended back in October, right? There's only one logical thing to do now. Man down. Quit. Play for the pick. Only the ass Pistons have fewer wins. Eight to your nine. Run their asses down. Run his ass down. I mean, Jordan is something else. He has assembled quite a collection of bonehead, brain-dead plays in his time in Washington. Like anybody who thought that Draymond was out of his mind for turning Poole's lights out, he'd probably reverse course at this point. There's probably a line of his own teammates right now in the locker room, starting with Corey Kispert, who wanted Draymond the guy. Hey, Jordan, whatever you do, man, don't change. The old school Pistons, and we saw this with AP, Antonio Pierce. Hey, 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 a Raider Mike sighting. Hey, Mikey, don't hang up. The old school Pistons had the Jordan rules to stop MJ. You know, pound the heck out of this guy. Pound on this guy. Beat on this guy. Every time he gets into the paint. Teams should now have the Jordan Poole rules. Anytime Poole gets the ball, don't get physical. In fact, leave him the hell alone. Never mind sag off. Just get off the floor. Let him do his thing. Throw up a brick. Make the wrong basketball play. Inbound the ball to the other team. Instead of making it tough for this guy to shoot, let the dude be. He'll shoot, he'll shoot his team in the foot, 
And the opposition needs to save its energy. They'll need it for all the laughing they'll be doing. <laughs> this dude. I mean, you got to see this play. It's like... Jump out the pool on that! It's like the most Jordan Poole moment ever. Inbounding right to Murray. And his teammates just exasperated like, Dude, the hell are you doing? A $30 million player who can't start for the Wizards? And the interim coach? I mean, I know you're not going to bury your guy. But you already buried him on the bench. What were you doing there? Trying to act like, hey, no, 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 this is a good thing. This is a good thing. And then trying to back it up with some kind of analytic explanation for it. Why don't we just cut through the crap? Cut the crap! Get! The guy makes $30 million a year and he can't start for the worst team in the league. What else is there? Cut the crap! What analytics can you use to spin that? $30 million a year, guy that can't start for the worst team in the league. There, you can find the biggest Ivy League nerd ever. No offense, Chalk. The biggest Ivy League nerd ever. And there's, and there's no way that you're going to make that argument. Chalk wouldn't make that argument. He's Ivy. All right, so I should go to break, but I'm not going to go to break because a legend is on the phone. My man, Raider Mike. Yo, brother, what's going on? Mike, how you doing, dude? <laughs> Smack. Hey, thanks for talking the call, babe. You know, apologies for the absence. I- I've been a part of the show since like the early 90s, and all I feel like right now is a huge tank. Uh, but, Jim, it-, it has been a busy year for Team Raider Mike. Uh, I wrapped up a very distinguished career with the U.S. Air Force, played out my contract. You know, they-, they tried to slap the franchise tag on me, but I bailed and signed a lucrative multi-year free agent contract with Lockheed Martin. They brought me in to bolster the F-35 Lightning program at Fort Worth. Dude, new schedule, new system, new playbook. Vance Mac, I have been busier than I Ray Craig at an open bar. But here I am, my man. Dude, 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 let me interrupt you. Congratulations, Mike. Man, thank you for everything. I'm so proud of you. That is amazing, man. That is amazing. Congrats, brother. You know, that that's a secret that not many people take me for as being a serviceman, but uh, it's been a huge part of my life. I've taken a lot of pride in it, and it's on to uh, bigger and better things. Uh, you know, I caught your open the other day, Jim, and, you know, I'm like, I better get my ass in here. And, and first of all, I've liked Antonio Pierce since dude was an IDP star on my fantasy squad way back in the day. But, you know, Jim, there's one thing that everybody needs to know about AP, and this is he is the only coach in Raiders history whose team committed the fewest penalties in the NFL over a full season. That is right. You are hearing me correctly, Vance Mack. The Raiders' 75 penalties this year led the freaking league. Not Chucky, not Tom Flores, not Madden, not even the Godfather can claim that. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, dude has carte blanche to say whatever the hell he wants. It's not like it makes a difference anyway. You know, I'm not going to get glassy-eyed about Pierce going five and four when the Raiders defense, I mean, when they faced backup quarterbacks in six of those nine games. And all the while, KC, they beat four of the six highest scoring teams in, 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 in the playoffs on their way to back to back Lombardi's. You know, and that's called keeping it real. But, you know, I, I do like the move. I think there's a lot of lessons learned from the Basacha episode a couple of years ago. This was actually a no brainer for our owner. And 
by the, by the way, dude telling someone else to get smart while he's sporting that lattice rip, that lettuce rep, it's just priceless. You know, I am liking the vibe, Jim, kind of like partying like back when it was in 1999 when we came off an 8-8 eight and eight season with Donald freaking Hollis at quarterback, but everybody knew the silver and black were heading in the right direction. Jim, that's all I got. Short call. I'm in town to see Pops. I'm bringing the great weather. Probably catch up on the boy Silk. And uh, I am out. Got a dude. Raider Mike. Legend. Legend. And you know, you know what, Mike? I know you've been busy. And I know that you have been representing this country as a serviceman. And have had an amazing career. And congrats on that. And congrats on moving on to the next thing. Raider Mike gets a golden ticket to the smack-off. I mean, for his body of work, for his loyalty to the program, for his unbelievable passion and loyalty to the silver and black. I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden ticket. I don't know. Here's the thing about Mike. I love Mike. I don't know that he'll take advantage of a day of. And the run you risk is that maybe he doesn't get on the air but I don't think Mike will get all butthurt about that. Mike, he has been calling this show since the early 90s. It's a game I always play with myself. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was probably a poor choice of words. <laughs> anyway, it's something I think about. Who is the most tenured clone in the jungle? I can't pinpoint that. I don't even think Stucknut knows the answer to that. But if we were to go, and it's a short list... It's the CEO, and I'm going in no particular order. It's the CEO. It's Silk. It's Raider Mike. It's I Ray. It's I Frady. These are all guys that go back to, if not the night show, which debuted in 1991 on 690 AM. Then shortly thereafter, when I was promoted to mid mornings. Or midday, actually. I don't know. I don't know who came first. I just know there's a group of probably a half a dozen that are still participating. And Raider Mike's one of them. The guys that were with me when I first got that big break. Not only when I was on the air only in Southern California. I mean like from day one in Southern California. That have stayed with me all these decades. He's one. So for that reason, and for his service... And for his love of the Raiders, he gets a golden ticket. It's not even a golden ticket, right? Like, like Raider Mike, he's just in. I just want to make it official. And he's the kind of guy that would disappear for a year or two at a time because of his job, because of his life, because of his work. 1-800-636-8686. And some of you act like you've been with me since day one, but you haven't. Like some of you, well, yes, I have, Rome. Yeah, but you've been listening for 20 years, but you started calling 20 days ago. That doesn't count. I'm talking about these guys used to travel to the tour stops. These guys would be on the road with us. Ryan, Sackdown, you're not one of those guys. Raider Mike is like jungle royalty. And another thing, Van Smack. I love the guy. And can I tell you something? He knows more about the Raiders than probably Mark Davis. He knows more about the Raiders than probably anybody not named Max Crosby. So there you go.
So far, so good. A Raider Mike sighting. I love it. And my take on Antonio Pierce was, I like the energy. I like the hire. I even like that he's like, hey, man, this is how we're going to deal with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I'm sure. But I don't think you want to come right out on a podcast and say, this is what we're going to do. Remember the Jordan rules? Well, we have the Mahomes rules, and we're going to hit this guy, and we're going to rough this guy up. We're going to, quote, knock the head off the snake. My two thoughts on that. Number one, this is not 90s NBA. This is not Pat Riley, no easy layups. This is 2024 NFL. That's not going to play. This is post-Bounty Gate. I'm not going to say that what he said is the equivalent of Triple G, Greg Williams. But it's in the same conversation when we're talking about knocking the head off of something. Closer than you want to be. All right. Number two. I guarantee they're far from the only team that has, quote, the Mahomes rules. But he's the only guy to say it publicly. Hey, man, tell your team that all you want. I like that energy. Tell your team that all you want. But why are you going to say that publicly? All that's going to get you is a phone call from the league, probably more than one, and even more attention from the referees. It's going to get you nothing. Saying publicly, saying it publicly, I mean, it's going to get you nothing. And then even worse, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're poking the goat. See, the thing about that is, I mentioned this the other day, Kermit is Mike. Kermit is Mike. People don't understand that about this guy. You look at Patrick Mahomes, and you're like, oh, dude, freaky arm talent. Wow, man, this, this guy's great. But he's kind of nerdy, and he's got a whack family. No. Well, I mean, yes, but no. Kermit is Mike. He, he is an assassin. He's got Mike's ferocity. He's Mike with a funny voice and a whack family. What do people not understand about this, about Mahomes? Why are you, gonna, why are you going to provoke or poke that frog? It's just bad, man. It's not smart. That guy will use that. He's keeping receipts. He's a good dude, but he's keeping receipts. That gets you nothing. You know what that was? That And I love AP. I like that hire. I like their energy. They did the right thing. And I love Max Crosby, one of my favorite players ever. But that, that podcast was the equivalent of a bus ride around Arrowhead after a regular season win. That's what that was. You don't want to be saying that, AP. You we got to knock off the head of the snake. Yep. 15. I think my man just sailed in. You know, like AP, that, that's his vibe. That's how he got that job. That's how he got immediate buy-in from his team. They love him. But know your room, dude. Know your room. He knows that. He should have known that. I think he got caught up in the moment. Talking to his guy on his podcast. Saying how it is. I guarantee Mahomes just sitting back right now, not saying anything. And if you were to ask him about it, he'd be like, good, good, bring it. Yeah, I respect it. I respect that energy. And don't you have enough of a problem with this guy as it is without adding that to it? 
they're already looking for a three-peat. Not, not that they need anything additional to beat you. They're already never, ever, ever going to forget that embarrassment on Christmas. Andy Reid actually called AP and said, hey, AP, thanks. Almost like, hey, man, thanks. I couldn't reach my guys, but thanks for kicking our ass. You made my point for me. And then what do you know? We go on another run. Losing to you guys was so humiliating that, man, they all got their asses to work, man. They were all at the facility the next morning. Anyway, love the guy, love the hire, but don't love him doing that. That, that was not a smart play. That Trust me, that will reverberate. Not that Patrick needs any additional motivation, but why would you give him any additional motivation? The CEO just checked in with the words, always in, because he's always in. Yo, Pat, I know that, bro. That's why you're the CEO. That's why way back in the day, I made you the CEO, because you're always in. I know this, dude. Hey, Pat, I wonder if you even know the answer. Since you're the CEO, who is the most tenured member? Who got here first? You, Silk, Raider Mike, I, Ray, or I, Afraidy? All SoCals. Who got here first? Because they're all still here. There may have been some that got here before you, but are long since gone. But you're still here. I I would love to know the answer. That's an impossible thing to answer because we didn't have the technology to measure that sort of thing back in the day. All right, when we come back, how about some phone calls? That would be nice. I would love that. You know what I love? Got a brand new partner. It's kind of like I got a brand new best friend. Prize picks. Get your phone out. Do it right now. Do a simple search for the prize picks app. It's already on my phone. It's already on Alvy's phone. It's on Chalk's phone. It's on all of our phones. Because Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. All right, Alvy, quick, move now. Go. Move, move. Just kidding. <laughs> you will, though, Alvy. I'm going to ask you to do this soon because it went so well the other day. Listen, what I'm talking about when I talk about Prize Picks, it is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Unlike other apps on prize picks, it is just you against the number. Numbers. You've got just one job. Pick more or less on two to six players and their daily stat projections. I've been saying this. I never played daily fantasy sports until I found this app. You can now win up to 100 times your money. 100x with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into 1,000 bucks. How does that sound? Quick withdrawals, an enormous selection of players, sports, and stats. That's Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app right now. Use my code ROME, R O M E, and a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks is yours. Code ROME, R O M E, on Prize Picks for a deposit match of up to 100. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You do have to be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show.
So here's what we're looking at. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. Matt Norlander, top of the hour. Next segment, open phones. Guaranteed phone call segment. One of the SoCals that I mentioned as possibly being the most tenured has the answer to the question of who is the most tenured. So that could come next segment. Do not hang up. If you're on hold, don't be like, damn, I don't want to wait. Because you might not have to wait. I'm guaranteeing multiple phone calls next segment. If you're on hold, don't hang up. And there are several that are on hold right now. Guaranteed phone calls next segment. We'll do that. I do need to get out because I ran really fat. Alvin, since we have a fat alarm for so many things, we should have a fat alarm for when I run fat and run over. So that lets the listeners know that the next segment is going to be a short segment. Because I know you're like, hey, Rome, what is that? As an example, when I watch TV, and I do, there are certain shows that are so weird to me. Like the content seems like it's three or four minutes and bam, six minutes of commercials. That, I know that is what that must feel like to you right now. But what you don't know is prior to this short segment, I gave you a super fat segment. Fat. So it wasn't three or four minutes. It was like 21. Anyway, we need a Rome went fat segment so you know fat. that something short is coming up in the way of content. And it's not so jarring. That, that's your alarm for everything, though, Alvin. It, it can't be... Okay, there you go. Break. There's the fat break alarm segment. Break. When we come back, phone calls. Break. Many fat. phone calls. Break. Do not fat. hang up. Break. Good, I like that. Fat. That's the Rome break. went fat. fat on the last break. segment. Get to break. Fat. Break. Break. Fat. Fat. Break. Fat. Fat. Break. Alvin, how's that fat. week that was coming? Break. All right, all right, all right. I got it. I got it. Time now for a sports update. Here is Rich Ackerman. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. If you like using debit over credit, don't you think it's time that you also get rewarded? Now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everybody with cash back on everyday purchases. No fees, period. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So the question of the hour. Of all the SoCals, who is the most tenured on the program? And I limit that to SoCal's because it was a SoCal show before it was a national show. So it stands to reason. The SoCal's got here first. Now, even before the guys that I mentioned, that's all San Diego-based. That's when I got to San Diego. The show actually started in Santa Barbara. So technically, if I could remember any of the callers from Santa Barbara, they'd be first. There was one dude... And I want to say his name was AJ, I think. I was going through some stuff the other day, and I found a cassette. This guy saved shows that I did in Santa Barbara in the 80s when I first started being a talk show host. One hour a night on a radio station called KTMS. And 
and it's on a cassette. I, I would listen to it, except I don't have a cassette player. Does anybody have a cassette player? Eight-track tapes can't believe that. There is actual raw sound of me hosting my first ever shows back in the day. And part of me is like too skeeved out to even listen. And part of me just has to find a cassette player to play it. And what would happen if I dropped that cassette in? Like, would it unravel? Like, I, it's the only archive material from the 80s. Does it still work? Or does it go right to dust? Like, I, I, I have to find out. Like, what was I talking about? Who was I interviewing? What were the callers like? I'll, I'll figure it out. And if it's usable, I'll play it on this show. That'd be, that would be something, right? Rome in 1987? Very polished, I'm sure. Anyway, that that's where the oldest callers or the first callers actually reside. Santa Barbara, when it was a local show. People like I Ray, Iafredi, Raider Mike, the CEO, Silk, that's all San Diego based. And they've just stayed with me all along. So to answer the question, who came first? Let me ask one of the guys I mentioned. Let's go to I Ray. I Ray, is there any way to know who came first? Or was it Trapper, maybe even? Well, Romy, first of all, how you doing, my friend? Good, <laughs> good, dude. How boy? about you? Over fine, buddy. Over fine. Listen, I got a pretty good memory for that stuff, even though you would probably dispute that due to my large chemical intake over the decades. But... I do have a pretty sharp mind for that stuff. And if I'm not mistaken, I can remember calling you. It wasn't the 80s. It was in the 90s. It was like 91, maybe, maybe late 1990. But I think I started calling in March of 91. And the only name that you mentioned that I remember hearing you talking about was, I'll give you, I, I want to hear you. Who, who do you think it was? I Ray, answer the question. Don't answer the question by asking me a question. Well, I'm asking you. You're the host, Romy. Come on. You don't know the answer to that? It's, it's the CEO. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it might be the CEO. That's, what I, that's why I named him the CEO. That would have been my guess. That's why he got glossed yeah. the CEO. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And he, he is the one guy that I can remember that predated me. I can remember when Mike started calling. Me, me, Mike, and Silk all started calling right about the same time. All right. Here's another one. How about JT the Brick? When did JT start JT, calling? JT probably goes back as far as Pat. I wonder, here's the thing, I Ray, let me, let me jump in. Thanks, dude. You actually, that is pretty lucid. For you to say March of 91, you might be right, because I got to 690 in December of 1990, but I didn't actually get a show, I don't think, until the middle of 91. So I'm not sure that you called me unless you were calling me on the Scrub Saturday show, because when I started there, it was the Scrub Saturday show. Not an everyday show, the Scrub Saturday show, and then I got the night show opportunity. Now, the CEO, 
might not have been Gloss, the CEO, because he got there first, but rather he was there early and often and took ownership. The CEO showed up for every single event. The CEO showed up for every single appearance. The CEO showed up every single Christmas and brought a present. Like he was the CEO because of his ownership of the show and not necessarily because he got there first. So I don't know that the CEO was first. There's no way of knowing, honestly. You, CEO, Raider Mike, like JT. I don't know that JT got there before you. JT just was a force from the very jump. He won smack-off number one. I afraid he very clearly was in that early grouping and still calls. Now, I remember people, there's always these two people that come to mind when I think about the oldest of the old school. And they were super active in the early going and really good callers, but then dropped off pretty quickly. There was a dude named Adam and PB. Adam in Pacific Beach had a ton of attitude and really good takes. It was a mainstay. And I feel like only for maybe a year. And then he was gone. Never to be heard from ever again. There was a gal named Cece. Cece, I think, was also PB, Pacific Beach. And she was fire. Cece had this incredible personality. She had a great voice, was really smart, and had great sports takes. She lasted longer than Adam, but then she was gone. But those are two SoCals who were early, early on. Two of my earliest recollections of callers to the program. I don't know the answer. I don't. I don't think anybody would ever know the answer. But that's Ira taking a shot. Ira saying, I think it was CEO. I don't know. CEO, I think, was not first, but I glossed him that because of ownership. Let's go to Texas. Tim. Thanks, Ira. That helped kind of, sort of, not really. Tim in Texas. Hey, Tim, what's going on? How are you? Romy, happy Friday. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Listen to your show all the time. And uh, for all you clones out there, listen. Rome is the sports radio. What the Pope is to religion. Live it. Okay. I owe you an apology, man, and I just wanted to say this. In 1998, I was at the Final Four watching my beloved Tar Heels get run up and down the floor by Stanford. Number one seed in the tournament, player of the year, couldn't get it done, lost on Saturday night, and I was drowning my sorrows in $8 beers. I went to the restroom, came out, and who was standing right there in front of me, my man? You, the Romanator. I was just in awe. I shook your hand. I took your picture, told you how much I love the show. And I just want to apologize for being, being stupid, but, uh, it was one of the greatest things to meet you there. There was a lot of people at that gig. A lot of people go to final fours and super bowls, but man, seeing you there was amazing. So I just wanted to say that. Bro, I appreciate you so much. You have nothing to apologize for. That's great. I love that story. 1998 San Antonio, the final four, DJ was there with me. DJ, back in the day before we had kids, DJ went to all the Final Fours. DJ loves the Final Four. DJ loves the NCAA tournament. There isn't a year that goes by that Janet does not say to me, hey, hey, can we go to one of the regionals? Can we go to the Final Four? Are you doing the Final Four? And then it stopped coming up when we had kids. But then now that the kids are gone, it's coming up again. In fact, you won't believe this. 
Jano, somebody said the other day, so hey, what do you guys do now now that you're empty nesting? What do you do? Do you stay at home? Do you order in? Do you go out? Do you, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Well, now we have to get creative. I mean, before we had kids, we would get up on Saturday morning and say, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Like, it was like, it's, it's incredible to me that we actually had days where we didn't know what we were going to do. So now that we're empty nesting, and Dr. Jano is no longer president of every organization in the entire community. Now, once again, we have those days. What do you want to do? She's already planned out Saturday. She's informed me. She didn't ask. She informed me. We are going to a basketball game. DJ, her idea. Guess which game? We're going to a game. Anyway, so she's all about that life. DJ loves the Final Four. So she was there that year. I can remember years where one night in Seattle, DJ and I had dinner with Tom Penders and his significant other. We used to spend a lot of time with Seth and Karen Greenberg. They were good friends, are good friends. And DJ would just sit there, and all these coaches would run through. We'd do, you know how at Final Four we have interviews? We used to post up at the Final Four, too, and all the coaches would come through because you had the coaches' convention, and you had the coaches' workshops. And DJ would be there. And I can't tell you how many coaches were like, yo. And this was before there was any social. Coaches would be like, yo, dude, damn, you overachieved. I'm like, right? Right? I used to get that all the time. Anyway, Dodger Jano is all about that. And she was there that year. She knows. She loved that Final Four. She loves all the Final Fours. Like, we'll go to Anaheim. She'll buy tickets. All right, when we come back, speaking of the Final Four, speaking of March Madness, Matt Norlander joins me. He will be all over it, high energy and all about it. Matt's great. Matt's one of those dudes like, hey, man, whatever you want to talk about, I'm good. That's coming up next.